What resonated most with me, Malcolm, when we were talking a couple months ago was your first trip that you took overseas and what you saw and how that was really has always stayed with you and within your desire to give back. You know, looking back on all this and, you know, I'm not old, but I've now had some experiences overseas within the States that have sort of humbled me and um, just stuff that I've remembered. But, you know, I think it's super important for kids to be able to travel, be able to see things, be able to see how other people live, the resources that they have compared to yours so that you can always be appreciative. And I was able to get that at an extremely young age. I think most kids aren't able to see that. I mean, at the most, I think they see South America or Latin America, but they don't get to go overseas to Africa and and see that. So being there, being in West Africa, being in Ghana before their economy really took off, it was one of the poorer countries in Africa. And they were really struggling. I remember there was an experience. I'm not sure I shared this with you guys earlier, but there was an experience where we were uh, visiting a a small town uh, outside of Accra, the main city. And there were kids in the field playing soccer. But when you look closer, they were playing soccer with an orange, with a small orange. I mean, at this point, I was a soccer player when I was growing up. My parents encouraged me to get out there and play with them. So playing with us with an orange, playing soccer with an orange with the other kids was like, man, I'm, I'm so appreciative. And how much would these kids, you know, love to just have a soccer ball to play with? So experiences like that, seeing people that, seeing people and children that were malnourished, people that were so hungry, didn't have clean water, didn't have shoes on, didn't have things that we just, you know, are take for granted. We have plenty of everything we want and need. It was a very humbling and very memorable experience for me. When you think about those moments in Africa, and you mentioned them playing with the orange, I know that there were also instances where you saw food insecurity and kids who you know, were very hungry. Can you recall one of those instances and, and what it did for you personally from an emotional standpoint? For sure. You know, there was, I think I might have told you guys the story. There was an instance where we got on the bus after touring for a long day. It was in the evening. And uh, our tour guide was handing out box lunches to everybody on the bus. And the people of the town, the Ghanaian people could smell the food on the bus. And, you know, at that point, they started banging on the doors and the windows of the bus. And, you know, we started handing them our food and giving them. And as we were handing them to the people, they were reaching their hands up. They were, people were like fighting for the, for the boxes, ripping the boxes to pieces. Kernels of rice were falling all over the ground. They were picking up the kernels of rice and eating them. So, I mean, experiences like that as a kid, it's hard to process, but you know, you're so uncomfortable with it. You're sort of traumatized by it. And it's something that lasts with you. And, you know, you have a choice to, for me, it was a choice. Do I really want to focus on this and make this my life's mission? Or do I want to move on with my life and sort of act like it didn't happen? And I, I chose the, the former to really make this my passion when I was of age, when I had the resources to do so, uh, to really focus on it. What made you want to start the, the Hoops Duo and... The, the huge impact that that has already made and your plans for the future for that. Well, definitely. You know, I saw a, a space sort of in the NBA for guys that, you know, there, there wasn't a water program in the NBA. There weren't guys that were focused on clean water uh, internationally. And it was something I was passionate about. And, you know, there was a, there was a void there. So, you know, partnering with the foundation I partnered with, I created Hoops 2.0 to bring clean water to the NBA, to bring, you know, just in case there were other guys in the NBA that might be interested, whether it was education, whether it was uh, poverty, whether it was food, whatever it was in third world communities that a guy would be interested in, clean water, you know, affects all those areas. 
So I figured there would be a lot of guys, and there are. There are a lot of guys that are interested in the program. There are guys that have joined, guys that I'm talking to, and I'm sure there will be more guys that, that you know, join the team. But it was extremely successful campaign the first two years, raising basically three times our goal. And now I'm bringing the next step is I, I basically brought Hoops 2 under my wing and my, and my foundation. And we'll expand it. In the past, we didn't have partnerships. We didn't have, you know, we didn't have this big vision like we have now. And now we'll have multiple partnerships and we'll, we'll have ways to grow the money tenfold for the, for the wells. We're, I mean, one of the big things for me is, you know, we'll be able to completely eliminate a, a fee that the, that the foundation takes. And that will be huge. I think that's a huge problem with a lot of foundations is, you know, when you, when you give your money to people, a lot of times people don't know where your money's going or they think you're taking a bit too big of a cut. But with the Brogdon Family Foundation, we'll be able to uh, just say, look, all your money is going to go to the well, so all your money is going to help people. And I think that's going to be a huge step for us going forward. Is there a moment or an interaction, an experience you can recall back on that was essentially proof of life for your organization, proof that you were doing something good, that this was working? And, and how did that make you feel? We're forming a, a partnership with UBS the bank and they are you know a, a giant bank they're a, a leader in the the clean water sector um as far as big businesses go and forming a you know partnership with them is, is huge it's a of course it's a company that has a lot of money but it's a company that has made an imprint on the clean water community and sector so that's something that's super exciting you know going forward Malcolm, when you were over in africa and were able to see firsthand the impact that the wells were making for these families. Can you tell us about what you thought, what you saw from there? For sure. Um, you know, going over to Africa, there's so much to focus on. There's so many needs and, you know, whether it's infrastructure, whether it's housing, uh, food, water, all these things, but really being able to focus on water, being able to deliver clean water, to build these wells in these communities that don't have it, because the, the first stage of it is identifying where the water can be, can be, you know, you can get the water out of the ground. And when you go over there, you look at prospective villages and communities that you want to build these wells. Some of it is technology. You have to figure out where you can actually dig the wells from, where there is ground, where there is uh, basically groundwater. And then the other piece is where the most need is. And you go to a lot of these places. I remember we went to a really rural village of, of Tanzania uh, last summer. And went to the community it's maybe two three hours from a if not more from a from a decently large town and they had a little lake in their community but the lake had hippos in it and it had all these animals the cows in the morning all the animals the cattle would go down there and and drink the water would bathe in the water and there's the same water that the people were drinking so you know the water is not healthy it's, it's contaminated but that was sort of the experience and that was sort of the contrast. Then you went to, we would go straight to another village that had just put the well in and you would see the joy on people's face um, just by having clean water. You'd see people coming from many, many kilometers away to just have access to clean water. And it, you know, I think people that don't understand the effect of clean water, especially here in the States, clean water is not just for drinking, clean water is for bathing, it's for cooking. It, it minimizes your time having to go out and get clean water so you can spend more time with your family, so that the kids can get an education, so that you can be a productive human being in your, in your community. So it's, it's, it serves a multitude of purposes and is extremely important. What's the next step for your charity and, and how big do you want this to get? How big can it get? 
Oh, uh, right now we're not putting a uh, a limit on it. I think the sky's the limit for for my team, the the foundation, the partners that we are we are forming, the partnerships. You know, I'm not I'm not ready to put a limit on it. I want to see how big we can get it, how much it can grow. Because before, you know, the model was getting one player on every team. We'll continue that model and continue to grow it. But now we have partnerships. We'll have corporate corporate sponsorships. We're going to have all types of things that are going to help us bring in money that can help us grow this. So the next step is to solidify all those partnerships to get the foundation launched, which will happen, I think, uh, by early July. And then, you know, start raising the money and start collecting as much information and figuring out where the wells will go and possibly what else we want to do with the foundation as far as education-wise, the things we want to do domestically as well. Well, I was going to say, I know you talked a lot about the wells and the clean water, but education is something that is is certainly a priority for you and something that will be an initiative for the foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're looking to do in that education realm? For sure. You know, as I said earlier, I think water serves a multitude of, of purposes. I think, you know, one thing we're really looking to do that I haven't done in the past with my water initiative is put these wells near schools. All of them, most of them will go near schools so that not only can we focus on kids and the next generations, but, you know, it allows these kids, it allows the school to really focus on preparing the kids' education. They have more time in the classroom rather than time uh, fetching water which is incredibly important. Once you go over there and you learn how many days of school and how many hours of school the kids are missing because they're out fetching water for the family, you know, it's a problem. So that's something we really want to focus on. And that is a direct, you know, relationship to education, as well as providing infrastructure for schools. So that once we put the well in that, you know, in that sort of around that school, then we can dive into the school and dive into the deeper problems of the school, which would maybe be infrastructure. They might need new toilets. They might need a new kitchen. They might need a new roof. Um, they might need resources for the kids to write with and, and paper. So there's all these things that you can dive into once water. We've, you know, in the past, water has sort of been, these wells have been, look like plant this well here and let's move on to the next village. Now we're actually taking a different approach. We're going to plant this well here. We're still going to do a lot of wells, but we're going to plant this well here and then we're going to dive into the school because a well is really the foundation of what's necessary. Then there's all these other things that come after it that you have to really look into and improve before you create, you know, mass change in that community. Malcolm, I have two things for you. Your global initiative is obviously impressive. One, what are you doing locally in the United States? And two, if there's an athlete that is interested and and maybe wants to start dabbling in the community service, giving back to those around them, but isn't sure that they can make the time commitment, doesn't know if they, you know, can spread them, if they're spreading themselves too thin, what would your words of encouragement? So first in the United States and second, how you would encourage other athletes who are on the fence about getting involved? Domestically is not much as much focused on water. It's actually focused on education. We're in the process of identifying three to four charter schools in Indianapolis and three to four charter schools in Atlanta. And what we'll do is have, you know, focus on their education. So we will have a mentoring program and basically a a literacy program, especially in Indianapolis. And we're actually going to partner with the Indiana Fever. It's extremely important for kids to one, have role models, to have especially in these in the African-American and the minority communities uh, where these kids are going to school, it's important for them to have people of color talking to them. And that's going to be a big emphasis of mine to make sure that they have those examples, but also to make sure 
you know, that the people and the, the people that I bring around them are emphasizing the right things, are living by the right principles, you know, taking their education serious, doing what's right every day, making good decisions. That's going to be a big part of the education. It's going to be a holistic approach. And then as well as Atlanta. Atlanta's a huge metropolitan city with a lot of inner city schools that really, really need help. A lot of the kids need help. The educational system is not is, is very weak. So I'm, I really look forward to bringing it back home as well and, and sort of having the same model as Indianapolis. So that's basically everything that we'll do with education within the states will be between Indianapolis and Atlanta. And then as far as athletes that would want to get involved, I would honestly encourage them, and not even involved with me, but just involved with community service, I'd encourage them to educate themselves. You know, I think the best thing you can do, and what I did at the beginning of all this when I first got to the NBA, before I got, you know, hoops too off the ground, it was really educating myself. It was doing research. It was looking at the foundation that that Matt Damon has created, the, you know, all these people that have done, that are doing all these amazing things. I was looking at these foundations. I was looking at the Obama, the Clinton foundations. I was looking at all these people, looking at what their models were, looking at how they got started, looking at where they are and what their goals are, long-term and short-term. But the more you read and the more you educate yourself and push yourself to learn, the more you'll figure out exactly what you want to do. I have one last question for you. So in reading about you, I saw that you said basketball is a means to your end goal, which is helping others. Can you share with us kind of how that is playing out in your career right now? Absolutely. I think I always tell people basketball is my dream and helping those that are in need is my is my passion. It's going, to be, it's going to be my life's work. Basketball is not my life's work. Basketball is something that God has gifted me with to change my perspective, to open it, to impact people. And now he wants me to use it to do other things after basketball. So basketball is going to give me connections. It's going to give me notoriety. It's going to give me a platform, a voice, money, finances, resources to go on after this and transform people's lives. And that's, I'm, I feel like right now I'm building the, the building blocks to and laying the foundation to go ahead and do that after my career. Because once this foundation is off the ground, then I can wholeheartedly dive into it and really give my all into it. Thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for taking time to share with us what you're doing.